When Amy Rodriguez was introduced as the head coach for the Utah Royals in their first ever season, she mentioned in the press conference how hard work and humility are things that she wanted to instill in her players. Luckily for Amy, she got an incredible squad of players who already displayed their gritty efforts throughout various NWSL teams and some who played abroad or in the collegiate system. Rodriguez had a very tough task on her hands, but she has built a quite impressive team, which I will be going over all throughout this episode, and I will also be providing my analysis on who I think the Royals will be signing next. Stay tuned to hear my predictions to see who I know and believe will be signing with the side this week. When the Utah Royals were re-announced and back into the NWSL, many have seen it as a return of royalty as the club may say, but the Royals had such a tough task on their hands as building an expansion team is such a tough task in 2024. Though women's soccer talent is booming around the world, the salary cap restrictions may have capped Amy Rodriguez from putting out the team that she may have liked to originally. Fellow expansion team coach this season talked about on the Attacking Third podcast, Albertine Montoya of AFC was saying how the 2.75 million salary cap is quite restraining in regards to being able to bring top quality talent from overseas into America. Nevertheless, Utah Royals have used the collegiate system in America, which is thriving currently, to their advantage. With nine picks in the draft this Friday, selecting seven players and trading a few away for more additional money, the Royals have solidified themselves as a side that is willing to grow young talent from the ground up, something that hasn't exactly been seen throughout the NWSL. It is quite a nice change. Though I do not feel matches this season, the Royals is still a team that has so much young talent and promising abilities that you have to wonder, will this Royal side be able to progress and maybe sneak into a playoff spot? Well, I examined this and I started looking at line by line to see how did Amy Rodriguez and Kelly Cousins build this team. Amy Rodriguez has talked about how that she wants stability yet flexibility with her styles of play to introduce into the side next season. And Mandy Hart is someone who could really do it all. Amy Rodriguez prefers a more possession-based style of football, which may be signified by her new signing of Dana Foder. I think that Mandy Hart is the perfect goalkeeper. As seen with her talents at Gotham FC last season, Mandy Hart is very comfortable building on the back and has a lot of skills like Ellie Roebuck, someone who is never afraid to play out of the ball in the back of the back or take on a defender, for better or worse. Though Utah didn't secure Ellie Roebuck, a star goalkeeper abroad, they were able to secure one of the best goalkeepers in the NBC last season, Mandy Hot, who was able to step up and is and after Abby Smith's injury and is honestly far too good for a backup goalkeeper, which Gotham FC sadly realized and knew they had to trade away Hot or Smith, and Hot was the one sent to Utah for protection for the expansion draft. Mandy Hot, though, isn't just an incredible goalkeeper out of the back. She is also an incredible shot stopper, which was exemplified by her talents showcased in the NBCL playoffs this season and towards the latter start of the season where she got more starts on the pitch. Hot is far too good to be a backup, but it'll be interesting to see how she exemplifies her talents in a new Utah side in her first season as a full starter. Charlie Nelson is someone who has a lot of experience playing abroad in, in different environments and recently signed with Orlando, who just traded her, and 
Michaela Clough to the Royals. Nelson is someone who I think is going to bring stability in the in backup areas, especially considering that Mandy Hot may very well see her first call up to the U.S. team this year. Nelson is someone who is so prepared and like well orchestrated, and I think she's someone who will just be a good backup goalkeeper. Christina Roquet, she brings winning experience to the Royals, who are a side that is quite young, and Roy and Roquet, who's yes, just is out of college and was just picked in the draft, still already has that experience under her belt after winning a national championship with Florida State this season. And she's a great young goalkeeping option who the side can really progress in the future. She played over 65 games to the Florida State Seminoles and only gave up 0.67 goals per game, showing that she is an incredible keeper who knows how to keep the ball out of the back of the net, something which you love to see for a third-string keeper. Overall, I love the goalkeeping union for the Royals, and I do not expect to see too many changes there leading into the 2024 season from what we currently see now. Good job, Amy Rodriguez. You got yourself a good goalie there. On and off the pitch every single match and training session. Starting at the left back position, I love, love, love the free agent signing of Madison Pogar. She's an incredible passer, a proven leader on winning teams that have won championships and shields. She has expansion team experience playing with the Wave, and overall, she's just the perfect player for an expansion team. She has experience on these expansion teams, and she also just brings that leadership that we really want to see. And I feel like she's a candidate for... I would really love to see be the captain of the team. I would, I think she would be perfect for it. I really love watching her play. She's such a good long passer. Has it a dime of left foot. You know she'll hit every single pass perfectly. And that's just something you really love to see from a fullback. And that's why I'm really excited to see her on the pitch next season and getting that opportunity to play um, the style of football that she'll want to play with the Royals with those long passing abilities. Zoe Burns is the was one of the few Canadians drafted in the draft, and I think it's nice to get to see her get picked. As you know, oftentimes it's not common that Canadians are picked in the draft due to the fact that they do take up international spots, and it shows the Royals really care about young talent and are willing to you know pick those players that are international players technically for young talent. And she also played at USC with Amy Rodriguez, who was their coach then. So that's a good addition there. And Christina Roque is also another player who plays for the Puerto Rican national team, so she takes up an international spot. Good signing of so good pick of Zoe Burns. Kaylee Real brings that defensive stability and technical passing ability, and also the winning experience. Won a, won a title this um, a shield with the wave. She also has expanded team experience like Pogarsh with Louisville, so that's a really good thing to see. And with the wave, she has two expanded teams that she's played on, which is another thing that's amazing. You know, really love to see that because being on an expansion team is very different than being on a normal team. You know, you're coming into a whole new team with a whole new identity that has never played together before, and you need those leaders. Kaylee Real was someone who was so instrumental in the way of success last season to getting that shield, especially when Abby Dahlkemper wasn't playing on the pitch. So Real someone who I will love to get to see wearing that gold Utah Royals jersey next season. Addison Merrick is another player who's played for the Kansas City Current um, and was another player who played pretty well on that title 
and the championship game team that made it to the championship against the Thorns. Merrick is an old player with the expanded team experience, flexibility, who can play multiple positions along the back line, which is another thing that's really important for expansion teams and any team in general, just flexibility along the pitch, which is really nice. And Merrick is someone who I think is going to be really nice to see how she is going to adapt to a new system, a new side. And just like how she was the first pick... In the expansion draft for Louisville, she was a key free agent signing who will most certainly thrive in the Royal system that will be played. The last center back that was selected was Lauren Flynn from the title-winning Florida State team, who uh, I think that's just someone who's a good pickup for them. They really, She really loves to play out of the back, which is something that Florida State really did. We saw Nesbeth get picked. She was instrumental in that. But Flynn's another player who I think just, yeah, good stopper, um, really played well in those games and yeah I think it's good overall backup pick with some youth moving on to the fullback area Kate Delfava is someone who I think Utah should be so happy to have gotten they scammed Kansas City just like Bay FC did they got Delfava who's a quality player that would have been protected Delfava I feel like was one of the only players who probably would have been protected maybe hot as well but that they got in the trade in Delfava. They got her plus the fourth pick, which ended up being Mazingo. And so that is amazing job by the GM, Kelly Cousins, to get that trade. And I think Kansas City really lost a lot in the expansion draft process to the benefit of these expansion sites. And Delfava is another player I got to watch really close up with the field side seats for the Gotham Kansas City game. She was on my flank the entire game, locking down purse. Um, Williams, Esther, any attackers that was coming up at her, she did a really good job of locking down, especially in the second half, which was nice to see. Really good in 1v1s, loves to get off the pitch, has a first touch of a dime, the ball sticks to her foot practically on those first touches, and I think that, and a team should have to face a lot of shots in Futah, not, not dominating, getting crushed in a lot of games. Um, Delfava will be someone who will provide that defensive stability and back line that will help keep the ball to the back in the net, even if the p- opposition has the ball. Olivia uh, Smith-Griffiths is someone, who, the second BYU player who they s- selected, and the fifth former BYU player on the roster. Um, from my time watching BYU, I really noticed how Smith Griffiths was incredible with both feet, and she really, really loved to get up the pitch. And, you know, I think she'll create a lot of goal scoring opportunities. And I think even though they have Delfava, who might be one of the best players in their roster, um, with a lot of upside, I would love to see Smith Griffiths get more time than just a bench role because she really has such a high ceiling and will exemplify great. The midfield is an area the Royals could really improve on, in my opinion. They don't have a lot of depth there, hint, hint. That might be the area I talk about a little bit later in the episode, so stay tuned for who I think they're going to sign. But, um, yeah, I think they have some good players there. Um, Agnes Nyberg is someone who I think was a good signing, a 23-year-old Swedish player, has some good experience. She was a free agent who was released by... um, I.K. Uppsala in Sweden's second division. She played in almost all their matches last season, and she did a good job with just controlling that midfield. And I feel like she's going to play more of like a defensive midfield role, and she's another player who really mentioned, along with Dana Foderer, um about the facilities that the Royals have, which has been, like, a real calling card for a lot of players that have just loved to, you know, go to play 
with these facilities that the Royals have, which is why they hosted the Challenge Cup, which is why so many players in the original version of the Royals loved playing there. And yeah, I think it's so cool to see how Nyberg is another one of those young players that they brought in from overseas. I think they've used, if I'm not mistaken, four international spots so far with Burns, Roquet, um, sorry, Nyberg, and Fodor, who we'll talk about later. And yeah, I think... Because Onamonu won't count as one because she has an American citizenship, I think. Someone, if you correct me on that, please, if I'm wrong. But yeah, as only their fourth international player, Nyberg is someone who I really think is going to do a good job in that midfield, which is the position that they hint hint do actually kind of need to improve on. But yeah, good signing from that perspective. Uh, she's someone who can really play well with the ball, um, good in possession. Yeah. That's kind of all I have for that. She is very good in general, and I think it's something that the team needs, just more midfield depth, which they really don't have right now. Um, another player in the midfield that they have is Michaela Clough. She's a, she's someone who I have as this box-to-box eight, and I think everyone had her start as someone who most definitely was going to return to Utah after having such a great college career at BYU with Cameron, Cuck, Cameron Tucker, another player on this roster, who she'll definitely have good chemistry with. Great, def- great offensive creator, an incredible playmaker up the pitch, and she isn't the best defensively, but she still provides defensive stability, which is why they might need some more defensive-minded midfielders. Um, think of that position, fans of the podcast, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I keep on dropping hints for who the player I think they're going to sign is, but yeah, Clef is someone who I think will create so many goals to the side, and I really can't wait to see her play in the gold jerseys. Ali Setner, the number one pick of the draft, is someone who I think will start in the midfield alongside Michaela Clef. Setner, number one pick, so much promising talent for UNC, already has plenty of appearances with the youth national team side, and really just was someone who I think they really nailed the he- nailed on the head with that pick. I think the midfield is something that I really needed them to improve on. I think she'll play a 10 for the team, maybe a winger if they need help up there, but I think they're front line, plenty of talent up there already. Um, Setner's some super good at passing, great with both feet, shoots from anywhere on the pitch, and a good player to sign. Originally, I thought they were going to go for Savvy King, but Setner is another player you can't go wrong with Setner. I mean, Bay FC will certainly be happy that King did slip, but I think that Setner... There's nothing, I think there was no wrong answer for them. It was more about positionally, and I think they knew they had Kaylee Real and Addison Merrick, who they could trust back there, and they knew they might be getting Lauren Thin later in the draft, and therefore they altered for um, another option with Ali Sender. The last but not least to round out the midfield, Emily Gray and Frankie Tagliaferri, two, again, more attacking-minded midfielders um, that decide with the side who I think will play as 10s, also flexibility to play as wingers at the pitch. I think... Gray is someone who we really got to see develop her playmaking abilities, especially in 2022 before the ACL. She had a, a great assist to Dabinia in the Courage's opening game of the regular season. Gray is someone who loves to play the ball into the box of both feet, and I, I, I can't wait to get to see her dance here on the box um, for the Royals next season. Taglia Ferry is another player who hasn't gotten the minutes that she really wanted with the Courage, which is why I think this move to the Royals is great for her. I think she, even though she won't be a starter, most likely, she'll still get a lot more minutes, which will help spur her development. Taglia Ferry is someone who's really good on the ball, great dribbler, good at passing in the final third, makes a right decision all the time. 
another thing that, you know, really undervalued. And yeah, that's that's what I have so far for the midfield. The Royals definitely need to improve that area, which we'll talk about later in the episode. But good start and good foundation, which will be improved eventually by Kelly. Last but definitely not least, the front line of the Royals. Um, really good talent up here. We'll start on the left wing. Paige Monahan is someone who I think is a good player of both feet can shoot with both feet, can cross with both feet. She's a proven goal scorer, top goal scorer on a very bad golfing team in 2022, which is a nice plus. Played with Louisville in their mathing right now. Second season. Um, and yeah, shows Monaghan, first expansion team ever, but someone who's a veteran of the league and I think will definitely help the side. I think Mazingo is going to be a player who will play behind Monaghan on the depth chart at least. Um, Brecken Mazingo was another player who played at BYU. She had a good performance in the College Cup, and good on corners with both feet, great service in general, and I think it'll be fun to get to see her play on the Royals alongside Setner. It's so nice for them that she slipped down. Setner definitely wasn't going to slip down to four, but Mazingo did. So good for the Royals. They were able to bra- grab both Setner and Mazingo in the first round, which are two players who will definitely, I think Mazingo might be able even to take over um, the right wing spot by the end of the season, but starting out with, on, with her on the left wing, I think, which might be better for her as a player who's good with both feet and can cut inside, like just like how Monaghan does it, but I think Mazingo is someone who might want to start behind Monaghan for the beginning of the season and then come in later. Dorsey's someone who played as a winger in her first season. I wasn't going to list her up here originally, but I saw on their website, the Royals of the website, rather, that they list her on their roster as an attacker, so I'm just going to go with the what they're saying. And I think Dorsey is not going to get many minutes next year. She didn't play all season due to mental health break. And so I think she's going to need some time to adapt, which means I don't think she'll get too many minutes next season. But good to see her get an opportunity to return. Um, Moving to the middle of the pitch, I think Ifeona Moni will definitely be the starting striker. She scored seven goals in 2020. Two, sorry, 2021 for Gotham SC in their campaign to their first ever playoffs. Onomon is someone who is a good goal scorer, has international experience with Nigeria at the Women's World Cup, and will provide someone who's good in, as an aerial threat on corners, which Mazingo is very good at serving. Behind her, they have plenty of options like Hannah Bedford and Cameron Tucker. Bedford is someone who proved her ability behind Sophia Smith off the bench, especially when Smith wasn't there during the um, World Cup break and the Challenge Cup time. Bedford was able to bury a few goals in the back of the net, showing her abilities and someone who they picked up for only, I think, 10 to 15 grand, which is a real big steal, especially for someone with as high of a ceiling as Hannah Bedford. Cameron Tucker is someone who I've met multiple times, lovely person, great player, super fast, loves to take defenders on 1v1, and I'm so excited to get to see her in more minutes because she hasn't gotten that, unfortunately, with either Gotham or the Dash, so it's great to see her get to reunite with Michaela Clough at the Royals and get more time on the pitch. Wisconsin midfielder and forward Emma Jeskoniak is someone who I think will also play as someone who's like a center forward midfield flex option. Um, Yeah, another player who provides good young depth for the side going into next year. Moving on, last but not least, the right wing. Michelle Vasconcelos, one of the players who I first earmarked immediately as a signing for the Royals. I think it was someone who was pretty obvious that was going to go there as a free agent, someone who's from the Sandy, Utah area. Uh, Vasconcelos is someone who will be able to beat players 1v1 quite fast on the dribble, really good and confident on the ball. And yeah, I think it'll be super fun to get to watch her come reunited at home, especially considering she signed with the team before they got moved to Kansas City and then 
they got moved um and she wasn't able to play there the same same thing with Mazingo. Um, I think Donna Fodier will definitely get an opportunity to play on the pitch later in the season as a winger, but I think originally she might stay um, back uh, as more of a bench player with substitution. Someone who was very, very, very excited to come to the United States, called it a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. She's a player who Royal Amy Rodriguez coach has talked about, um, and Kelly Cousins has talked about how she is really going to help bring the experience that she has as a young international young pro to the side and continue to get her to develop. Again, another player on the Royals, super young, with such a high ceiling and can develop with the side. Already a youth international for the Royals and has played in so many seasons, four and a half seasons in Netherlands. So she has so much experience there playing with Fortuna um, Sittard. Uh, she helped them finish in third place and has played in every single one of their matches, which shows she has top quality experience already at such a young age. And she's been playing with the U23s for the Netherlands for a long time. So it's super exciting to get to see a player like Fodier getting a chance on the pitch and also one of the only Dutch players in the NWSL. So it's great to see such a good nation in women's soccer being represented on the league. Okay, we know you've all been waiting for who I think the Royals are going to sign. Well, the Royals do need someone who's a little bit more defensive-minded. Though I did see Vasconcelos and Fodier mentioned as midfielders on the roster, I put them up top because I do think they're more of wingers, to be honest, and more attacking-minded. Um, but yeah, I think in the midfield they need someone who's a defensive midfielder who's more defensive-minded because I feel like Clef isn't going to want to track back. They're going to need her to create goal-scoring opportunities. As goal-scoring opportunities might be a little bit hard to come by for this team, but I think someone like Danny Weatherholt, there you go, you, you heard it here first, She just announced, they just announced Angel City that she's leaving. This feels like a perfect fit for Danny Weatherholt. I think with Amandi Henry coming into Angel City, she was never going to get the minutes there that a starter like her would want. And I think coming to the Royals, she's a guaranteed starter already. Weatherholt is such a top quality player, so good in possession, and especially for a team like the Royals, who's really going to struggle to create. It'll allow players like Michaela Clough to have to do less defensive work and focus on getting the ball to her front line. And I think Clough is going to be someone who will really benefit from a player like Weatherholt as whether Hope will be able to distribute the ball to Clough in more attacking areas rather than Clough having to track back and receive from a fullback or center back in a much more um, neutral zone than the attacking third, which is where Michaela Clough thrives with her incredible passing ability. Although Weatherholt feels to, to me like the clear-cut option, if the Royals did want to get a defensive midfielder and were not able to land Weatherholt, I would say Desiree Scott and Bailey Feist are two players who I could really see the Royals loving. Scott is another player who has a lot of the similar attributes to Weatherholt. is a little bit older and is international, so I think she's the least likely of the three to sign with the Royals, but I get, then again, Desiree Scott is someone who's pretty good on the ball. I do think she'll stay with Kansas City. She's built her life there, so I think that would be a stretch for her to leave if she continues to play next season, but just had to throw it out there because of how much top quality she has. Bailey Feist is another player who I think can play the 6, the 8, or the 10, so that versatility is going to be really nice for an expansion team, and if they can get her, that would be a nice grab for them. But overall, I think the defensive midfield zone is a area of the pitch that I'd love to see Amy Rodriguez improve going into the season and I think Danny Weatherholt having already announced her departure from Angel City would be the perfect player to fill that void for Utah as they go into their first ever season. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Women's Soccer Podcast, our first about the Utah Royals in their new Royal Era. I cannot wait to cover the team and BFC more throughout the NWSL season, and to make sure that you don't miss that coverage, be sure to follow us wherever you got your podcasts and on Instagram at the Women's Soccer Podcast with underscores in between each word. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, folks, and peace out from your host, LZG. See you soon. Bye!